Welcome back to a vaguely familiar podcast, the Backward Point edition, which is a cricket wing of the podcast. My name is Nadir Sayed. With me is my brother and partner in crime, Bashar. Bashar Sayed as well. Um, What's up, man? Where, where's the energy? The energy? We just played a World Cup final. I mean, we played it like two days ago, but that's like, the thing. It took us like a day to, to recover, that's, at least for you. That's what I'm saying. So like, I still don't think I still have positively recovered. And I'm not talking about like emotional turmoil. I'm just talking about uh, the physicality of it. Like, I, man, staying up till 7, 8 a.m. is is tough on a, on a work night, especially. Damn. Um, Proper corporate slave speaking here. Man, it's it's tough. You know what? It it, it would have... I feel like your, your best days are behind you now. Like, you're, man, you're an old I, man. I feel like my age is catching up now. Like, the, the last night that I stayed up for the final, I was just like... I I slept at like 7.30 a.m. But my eye, like I opened... My eyes were open at 12... Like at noon, I couldn't sleep past noon anymore. Like I have a schedule, I have a circadian rhythm. My Damn. body has its own clock. It felt That's weird. Cool. So like I definitely a lot of things came, a lot of feelings came rushing back just from that one instant. This feeling like, okay, I guess uh, father time has like started kicking in, just just because of the the abnormality of staying up that night. So I still feel like I still have some sleeping you know, to catch up on. But regardless of that, uh, the finals emotional toll has definitely taken a toll on me. Um, all of last night, like we, this final happened two nights ago, all of last yesterday and last night, I was listening to our boy, Nusrat Fatali Khan and passionate from miles away. <laughs> like there's no correlation between Drake and, and fact, but here I was middle of the night, just like reading tweets Watching montages on TikTok. Yo, these edits. Whoever is making these edits on TikTok or or Twitter, they're so quick. Yeah, they're quick. Like the game is not even finished yet, and we have a Shadab edit. We have a Babarazm edit. Shaheen Afridi bold edit. You know what that makes me believe? That these guys were ready beforehand. They knew we weren't gonna make it happen. Yeah, I don't they know. They had a template ready. Know. They just stuck Shadab, Baba, and Shaheen into it, and boom. Or maybe it's like two folders. They have one folder if we win, one folder if we lose, and that's <laughs> how the all the memes, all the edits come out accordingly. Yeah, unfor- yeah, unfortunately, that's probably true. You know, you mentioned a lot of like the emotional toll and the physical toll. I think I don't know if I'm just like emotionally numb now to Pakistan cricket team's results, but I I don't feel anything. Like, <laughs> I, I, I am I am dead on the inside. <laughs> Well, that has a lot to do with other things in life that you don't have to get into. <laughs> no, no, it's, I'm serious. Like, I've seen so much sadness and heartbreak as a Pakistan cricket fan in my life that this is nothing for me. Like, this is actually, I'm happy. I'm happy because we weren't even supposed to be here. Like, we were knocked out. We were eliminated virtually. And thanks to Netherlands, we came back and we, we had an incredible run up until the final. Even in the final, we were like in it at some point of the game and to see our boys fight so hard and come back with such resilience like this is such an incredible Pakistan cricket team and I think after many many years we've seen such a team with such courage such fight such resilience and for the first time in a long time when these boys lose no one's talking about them underperforming on purpose no one's talking about lobbying no one's talking about match fixing grouping. no one's talking about, about grouping it's it's a unit and they're they're trying their best they're, they're playing good cricket and that reflects even on the fans like when Pakistan is losing all of Twitter all of social media they're talking about tactics they're talking about matchups they're talking about stats and data and that's such a big switch in the whole mindset and credit goes to Babar Azam the whole team and the way he's led um, our boys up until the final 
Yeah, I, I, that's definitely a switch that I don't think we're used to because when all throughout the late 2000s and the early 2010s, when we would lose, the the reasoning would be less so towards the quality of the cricket played and more so towards the intent. The intent, I'm not talking about positivity or negativity, I'm talking about just where the boys even in this game from the beginning, right? Yeah. This is definitely a big switch and a credit goes to the management, the cricket team, um, Bob, 100%. This is definitely Bob Razum's team. This is definitely Bob Razum's lads. We have not seen a captain with this much uh, authority since, dare I say it, 1992 in Man Khan from the late 80s to the early 90s. He called the team. He, he was like, he's in it. He's out. And that was it. That was written on stone. Uh, we haven't seen that much um, authority from a captain in a very long time. Uh, I think credit also goes to Ramiz Raja for backing him up. Um, that hug at the post-match presentation yeah. ceremony, which has kind of gotten viral at this point, man, that says it all. Like, you know, it's one cricketer to another cricketer. It's one gladiator to another gladiator. Um, it's just like, I, I get you, man. I've been there before. Like, Ramiz was there 30 years ago holding the trophy and Babur... He took the winning catch. He took the winning catch, yeah. People forget that Ramiz Raja was a part of that iconic moment. Yeah. Um, The final uh, catch that was taken. But it was, I think... Where my emotional uh, roller coaster starts is that I am not discouraged from this team at all. And this, this was not a discouraging team, a bunch of people at all, but it was definitely a little bit disappointing. Um, just knowing that if you just batted right, you know, if you just had the 15, 20 runs that were short, you know, 138, maybe 158, you want it. That's the thing that. Is upsetting to me. Yeah. That's it. And I think we should get to the specifics of the match when yeah, we're yeah. talking about it. We lost the toss uh, and Joss Butler chose to field first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were like really high in confidence after the India game. They're like, okay, we chased 170 and 17 overs. Won by 10 wickets. We'll do the same thing here. Just keep the same, same team, same, same mindset. Um, and when Pakistan came out to bat, there was definitely nerves, both from England and from Pakistan. Yeah, I think there was more nerves from their side, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, a lot of pressure on Ben Stokes uh, as a bowler. Uh, you know, he was bowling the first over and there was definitely a lot of nerves. And, and rightly so. I mean, regardless of, um, you know, how, how much cricket you played, World Cup final, MCG, 80,000 people sitting in and, and billions watching on TV. Um, it's, it's no like doubt that there's going to be nerves. Um, but I think, again, Pakistan just, they lacked a bit of intent in the power play. Uh, and then when, when Rizwan got out, we saw too much intent from, from Haris. <laughs> yeah, too much intent. Too much intent. Like they, like the, uh, Haris and, and the people who followed, like they wanted to hit the ball outside of Australia, like <laughs> out of the continent, somewhere in, in New Zealand. I don't know. But I think Pakistan misread the pitch so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even the people who were reading the pitch misread the pitch. I think Vasim Akram was talking about this on his show that this people called it a flat track. It's going to, you know, 180, 190 easy. And that was not the pitch that were, that they played on. It was gripping. It was turning. There was, there was depth, bounce. There was like from off the good length, the ball was going over people's like yeah. chest and shoulders. Like that's not what a cricket ball is supposed to do at that at that height. And um, there was a lot of um, misjudgment from both camps. I would say to that to that regard. But more so Pakistan, right? Because um, I think they were trying to like aim for like 180, 190. and I feel like one sixty on this pitch. Would have been an ideal, like a par total. Something, I think above something, par. Something with our bowling, we could have easily defended that. With right? the, with the performance we gave in the second innings, I'm saying 160, and you had it backed. Like yeah. let's just let's just put 
let's take the same performance that went on and just add 20 to it, right? Suddenly you need 20 in the last over. As Vukarbhai said, different ball game altogether. <laughs> so, I mean, um, yeah, 160 would have been just us ideal here. And there came a point, like, a- after Liam Livingston's over that went for 16, that I felt like Pakistan's is really, like, gaining momentum here. And Adil Rashid, man, what a world-class leg spinner. World-class leg spinner, wicket taker. That's probably the best over I've ever seen in a cricket final. In a World Cup final, bowling a maiden wicket over, taking the wicket of Babar Azam and then um, follow And it's up. not even just the wicket, it's the way it was taken, the ugliness of it. We associate Babar as a class act player. He's easy on the eyes. He's sublime to watch. Everything is effortless. He's a purist. He's a purist, right? He's, he's the guy who plays from the book. And that shot was just so ugly. Man, that was just one of those things where Barber had no idea where that ball was going, where it was turning, how much it was going to grip. And mind you, it turned a fair bit. Like, yeah. that was almost an off spinner. And he's bowling really slow as well, I noticed. Like, it was, like, very loopy. He went, Barber, the I think Barber went for the cut, and then he was trying to, like, drive it at the end. And then a lot of things were happening at the same time. And it was this weird top leading edge that just... You know, lots of talk on data and matchups. Uh, Bobber has uh, a terrible record against uh, right arm leg spin. We've seen Rashid Khan get him out many times. Even Adil Rashid has gotten out before this match like two or three times. So Bobber definitely has a weakness against leg spin and, and more so towards the googly. Um, I think going forward, he needs to de- definitely develop um, a sweep shot or a shot where he comes down the ground and attacks um, the, the spinner, which he does. Which oftentimes he does, but I think just the pressure of the final and he wanted to anchor towards the end. He was looking good. Like just as, just as Bob, uh, he got out, he was yeah. starting to pick up steam. The partnership between Sean and Bobber looked, was looking really good. Yeah, it was looking good. It was looking um, threatening. We were 87 for two. On, 70 something for two. No, it was 87 for two when he got out. Okay. 87 for two, 11 overs done. That was the score when Bobber got out. And then after that, we scored like yeah. 50. Also, a lot of questions on if, should should Iftikhar have gone up before Shalab? Because, again, matchups, Shalab has a great record against playing spin and, mm-hmm. and more so leg spin. Um, maybe it would have been a better uh, decision to send Shalab over Iftikhar. You know, hindsight is hindsight. Yeah, definitely hindsight. Um, but not. I don't even think it's hindsight. I would think it was quite a blatant call. As Iftikhar was walking in, I remember I was watching the game with you and you were like, why is Shalab not in? Like, yeah. this is so weird. And even Iftikhar, like, I get he, was, he went in, but his game, like his success this whole tournament has been by attacking. Like he took on Akshar Patel, he took on Ashwin, he took on the ball from South Africa. Uh, he just got bogged down here. Like he was just like feet going nowhere, getting squared up. And Yo, the no clue. ball was staying in the air forever. Yeah. It, like was not wanting to come down. And then when it hit the pitch, it like it turned like a mile. Yeah. Like it hit a rock or something. Yeah. It was like, a, yeah, exactly. It was like it hit a pebble and then it just went the other way. Um, you can see, you can watch that over again and you can see if Tihar, where he was anticipating the spin would be and where the ball ends up. Yeah. There's like daylight between the bat and where the ball is yep. in the keeper's hands. Like that's how much deviation there was from what the anticipation was from what actually happened. Yeah. And that just goes to show that there was a lot more in that pitch offering than, than you know, it was told to us. Yeah. And then just, yeah, if the hog got out as well, the, the over after, and then we just, there was a, a bit of a good partnership between Shalab and, 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 and Sean that looked really good. But uh, I don't know, again, Pakistan, just if they maybe look toward just twos and threes uh, toward the end of the innings and maybe have gone harder towards the last two, three back end of the innings, um, it, we could have gotten to a more respectable total. Uh, but Sean got out, Nawaz got out, Shalab got out, and um, 
looking at the England team and comparing it to Pakistan's, I just realized how much of a batting depth we lack. Like Adil Rashid for England is coming at 11. And Adil Rashid has a couple of first-class hundreds. Uh, I think he has... He he's just he's more than handy with the bat. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. With Pakistan, Mohammad Wasim is coming in at number eight, six down. Yeah, and I have seen no record, no evidence of him being a good batsman. I have never seen him score runs in domestic, first class, PSL, international. So I'm not sure how we are categorizing him as an all rounder. I'm not blaming Wasim, but I'm blaming the people who are selecting him as a quote unquote. All-rounder. The game against Zimbabwe, he played crucial dot balls that led towards the game being so tight towards the end. Um, Do you think and, it would have been better call to send like one of Hadis or Nassim up front? Maybe. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Just I'm, because of the Nassim strike rate thing I was talking about. Given the situation, yes, probably. But again, this is where Pakistan is lacking a genuine pace bowling all-rounder that we've been screaming for the past like one year. Like if you know the World Cup is in Australia, why did we not groom a Fahima Shaf and Ahmad Bart and Amr Yameen and Amr Jamal? Like where are these guys? Why are we banking on a Muhammad Wasim who was 21 years old? Good bowler. No doubt about, no doubts about that, but no evidence of being handy with the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just, just um, no batting depth, just guys coming in and swinging and we underscored by a lot towards the last five five overs of the game. I think the last nine overs we scored 55 runs for seven wickets. Despicable. It's um, it's it's so sad. I mean, we saw Pakistan make a game out of 137. Imagine like a 155. Imagine a 160. And it could have been a different ball game altogether. I'm, I'm being honest. Like you put 20 in that score that we just had and you play that same game. Firstly, 60 off 39 is a different field than 49 off 39. Yeah, right. That's a whole different way that the England team is going to bat. The overs between ten to fifteen, right after the innings, the drinks break, we conceded only twenty runs. Yeah, and that that was where great bowling from Nasim Shah, Harris Roof. They it's clinical bowling. Clinical. It's cl- like the only difference is that I'm that the only reason that I'm not that bummed out is because I it reminds me of that spell of Wahab Riaz against Watson in 2015 in the quarterfinals. The only thing about that was that was a one-off. That is not reflective of Wahab Riaz's career at all. Wahab Riaz's career is nine overs, 55 runs, and one wicket. Nine overs, 70 runs, one wicket. That's, that's Wahab Riaz for Flashes you. of brilliance. Yeah, in, like in, in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, but the only thing that I can for sure say is that that spell from 10 to 15 was not a fluke. That was Nassim yeah. Shah at its best. That was... Um, Hadis Rauf at his best, that it was Shadab at his best. Dude, like, India, we didn't take a single wicket in the whole gate semifinal. And Pakistan had England three down in the power play. Uh, credit to Butler uh, and credit to England's wide ball setup and their whole management and their mindset. Regardless of whatever wickets were down, regardless of whatever the score was, Butler kept going at it. Like we saw Nassim Ball, an incredible over to Butler. Um, he was getting beat re- re- left, right, center, but still he had the audacity. To scoop him for a six. In a beautiful. World Cup final at MCG, you're the captain of the team. To play that shot on that equation, it's it's something else. It's just backing your skill and, and just the confidence to do that. I, I think it's 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 incredible. I was watching Joss Butler's T20 batting masterclass that he did with Sky Sports, um, I believe four years ago, 2018. And he's just talking about his mindset and, and how he plays T20 cricket. He's definitely one of the modern day greats. We've seen him score tons of runs in the IPL, tons of runs for um, England as, as an opening batsman. And 
it's just he's an artist. It's 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 poetry in motion when he's when he's playing. It's beautiful. And um, it was it was incredible to see. Um, and also just an incredible start from Shaheen as well. I, I know he was like he's pushing through an injury, getting Alex Hales out. Um, signature first over wicket, ball swinging back in on, on a length, almost reminded us of the ball he bowled to Kiel Rahul. Mm-hmm. Unplayable man, like it's just. Yeah, he's a special talent. I saw a bat, like side by side, and it was just like it was like watching the same video with like different, you know, people in it. Yeah, it was just it was awesome to see that that feeling of like getting someone out in the first over. Shaheen can definitely emulate that. Yeah, that fear in the batsman and that hope in the feeling side. Like one thirty eight, one thirty nine to win or whatever it was, and you get uh, well, who's who, Alex Hales out in the first over? Like that was just. The feeling was like, okay, maybe something can happen here. And then Harris Rove just coming in, banging it in. Getting Joss uh, Butler's wicket. This guy has gotten the wickets of Joss Butler, Rohit Sharma, Surya Kumar Yadav. These are like massive, massive wickets. Yeah, big names in the in the batting era of cricket. And these like this is just um, he's just a a problem for the batsman. And I Five love years that. ago, Harris Rove was on the streets of Pakistan playing tape ball cricket professionally, trying to make a few bucks here and there. Out of nowhere, this guy's whole life went 360 and he found himself on Sunday playing against England, World Cup final for Pakistan. It doesn't get bigger than this. And the other thing is he, um, not only that, like he worked really hard. Yeah. And you can see like the the 2019-2020 Fahris that came in the team, brand new, all aggression, no like uh, brains, basically. Yeah. and now you can just see like he's hitting those spots. He's giving the 151, 155, like hitting like extreme pace. It's an evolution, you know. Um, we saw when Shaheen got injured that Harris Rove stepped up as the leader of yeah. the bowling attack. And even the game, the, this is the final. The reason why Nasim Shah bowled that spell was because Harris Rove went up to him before he started bowling and he told him exactly which length to bowl. Don't forget, this is Harris Rove's home ground playing for the Melbourne Stars. And he's got many wickets here he knows exactly what lengths to ball tricks what angles to ball at um and so and it just, worked just guiding guiding and amp- pumping nasim who's just 19 years old you have to keep that in mind um so it's just terrific to see yeah and nasim just was like he he took his advice to heart and just two runs off that over and it was just beating him like it was just it, it was so beautiful to watch ben stokes ben stokes had no idea what to do it was like he was there to just even Ben Stokes was there just to witness the greatness of yeah. that spell. <laughs> it's like I'm getting the, just it's Nasim and Rizwan playing. Nasim and Rizwan playing. He's like, yo, I'm just here to watch it go by, buddy. That's yeah. all it was. And I, I honestly thought at one point at that point of the game, I think I thought that Ben Stokes kind of bottled it. I thought this guy's not he's not getting it on the bat. You needed like some fifty odd runs off like fifty odd balls. Suddenly the balls are going in the thirties, high thirties, low forties, runs are still in the fifties. Like I was like, this guy might just be like working in our favor. Um and then that missed run out, man. I just keep thinking about that missed run out from Harris Roof. He was maybe 10 feet away. You can see like two and a half stumps. It, Stokes is nowhere to be seen in the frame. Ball misses by like maybe a few inches. Yeah. And that's it. Ben Stokes out there, the game is over. I guarantee you that. That's what people were talking about because England's openers have done so well this whole World Cup that their middle order and their lower middle order was sort of underexposed. So if you, if Pakistan had gotten early wickets, which they did, they kind of put Ben Stokes, Moyne Ali, Harry Brook up, up and Liam Livingstone 
exposed in the final in, in a crunch match. And yeah, there was also one more run out that was missed. It was Harry Brook bad throw to Shadab, and we missed that as well. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. a couple I think of that was hardest too. Was it hardest or was it Barber? I think I, it wasn't sure. Barber. Somebody threw it. Nawaz threw it. Nawaz threw it. Oh Nawaz, yeah, it was yes. Nawaz. Yes, yeah. and uh, yeah, those small chances you need them to go in your favor in a big match like this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if that round had happened, it could have gone anywhere. Um, and Pakistan, like because of that spell of Shadab and, um, and Nassim, I think uh, they need 41 off 30. And then yeah. because um, Shaheen took that catch, injured his knee again, the same knee where yeah, I was talking about that he got bit. his um, ACL. Or? I think ACL torn, yeah. Yeah. Or PCL, I think, uh, whatever it is, he got his he he hurt his uh, right knee again, um, and we saw immediately like he couldn't get up. Let's talk about that. So the ball Shalab is bowling. Uh, it's a little bit of a short ball. I see Harry Brook who comes Harry off the Brooke. track. He hits him, doesn't connect, goes in the air. I thought it was four. Like the way I, the I camera it, was angled, it went like pretty wide. Actually. Yeah, I don't know how the field field was set for that ball, but I think um, um, Midon was quite it wasn't Love. at the at the boundary and yeah. it was quite wide as well. Um, so like. Or Shaheen got there, beautiful catch. But as soon as he caught it, he went down. As soon as he caught it, he went down. Yeah. And he went down in pain, in agony. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like one of those, oh, like, you know, I want some attention ones. Uh, you know, shout out, shout out, shout out. But uh, it was like a genuine, genuine, um, like, like pain. And when I saw the replay, I saw that he landed on his knee. Yeah. And that was the knee that was injured. So, I don't know. Hindsight again. Is there? Did he have to go like arm up? If he had gone the other way, like you know, fingers pointing down, cup down, he could I don't have think caught. It was that low to go fingers down? Like it was. It came towards his face, so that's I mean, why he, he went up. He did it come towards his face? Like he was sitting while he caught it. Like, okay, like I, I don't think I saw knee. it that closely. Because he I fell on his knee, right? So he was he was going down while he caught it, and that's when he sat on his knee. You know, his body weight fell on his knee. Um, anyway, anyways, I'm not, I'm not judging the, um, authority or the, or the, uh, judgment. Yeah. I'm not basically, you know, questioning a judgment on the catch. I'm just saying if I'm just trying to pull out straws here, if I'm being honest, he maybe does not go upper cup. He goes down, he gets that catch, doesn't fall on his knee, bowls his third over. And mind you, he bowled the third, first ball, the third over and he beat Moin Ali. Like, yeah. I don't know how fast that was or how, whatever that was. It was wide enough that Moin reached for it and he missed. So like couple more of those and suddenly like you know game game is on yeah testament to shaheen's mindset and his willingness to carry on for the for the team and the country uh that he came back on to ball like clearly he was struggling to walk even so um but see i want to go back to maybe the first second podcast we did and i was against shaheen playing in the world cup period i i didn't want i didn't i don't want shaheen or any bowler who's injured to come back without match practice directly into a World Cup in a big match um, because I didn't feel like Shaheen's performance or, or this World Cup is that valuable to risk Pakistan's chances or to even risk Shaheen's future career. I want Shaheen Afridi to be a bowler to take 400 test wickets, to play 100 test matches, to you know maybe get close to a Steve McCrum's record. He's so young and he's so talented. He's a once-in-a-generation fast bowler. We need to protect him. We need to safeguard him and not risk his career not risk the future 10 years just because of this one t20 world cup and that was my whole 
argument from the start of the tournament. Like we've played the Asia Cup, you played the England series, the, the Tri Series without him. We have Hasnain on the bench, we have the Hani on the bench. Why shouldn't we just use those guys instead of a half fit Shaheen? I know he took wickets, I know he was an impact player, but still you're risking this guy's career. Like he's again, he's a once in a generation iconic fast bowler. He could be anything. Why are we risking not only his career but Pakistan's World Cup chances? Um by by risking him and playing him, I I was against him him playing in in the first place, and I think now I don't know the extent of his injuries, but it, it could have gotten worse. He could have it, this could be something that's reoccurring, um, and it it puts his career and, and his future in international cricket in doubt for the next uh, two or three months. Yeah, so he's definitely out of the England tour, right? Let's definitely, hundred percent. Yeah. It's also a Test series, right? So like he can't bowl four overs; always going to bowl twenty five in a day. Yeah. Um, I think this is a good time. Like, do you get that point? I totally get your point. I also see eleven wickets and in a nomination for player of the tournament. He was part of the ICC, uh, the, the the team of the tournament. Yeah, team of the tournament. He was shortlisted um, as like you know one of the player play, people of the tournament. Um, you know, I'm just saying, like, I get what you're saying at the same time, but this is his prime. He'll never be 21 again. But there's going to be more tournaments coming up that we can win. There's, if you look at the future tours program, there's a World Cup next year. There's a T20 World Cup the year after. There's a Champions Trophy the year after. There's many opportunities to be more fit and uh, win tournaments rather than risking your whole career. And you know, you, you know, you know what happens to to Pakistani players when they go injured and they just disappear. We've seen Ramandris, um, we've seen Junaid Khan, we've seen Omar Gul. All of these guys, once they get injured, they're never the same bowlers again. They've, their comebacks have been forced. They've, they've been rushed. And uh, they're just never the same bowlers. I want to have a conversation about, maybe this is a different podcast altogether, but maybe we could talk about it a little bit here. What do you think about substitutions? Like proper, genuine substitutions for players with genuine injuries? Like, um, who was that Netherlands? Uh, was it uh, Lidi? Olidi? Delidi. Delidi. He gets hit in the face. He can't see from one eye. Like he's out of the game. You, you're down one player. Is that fair? I think. That- Why not like substitute someone off the 15 man squad? Goes in place for him. You know, genuine cases. I'm not talking about flopping in the field and then going out. Like you know, Shaheen. People know that he's come recovering, recovering from an injury. If he pulls an ACL, he's out. Like fine, bring in Hasnain on in his in his stead. I think that's a good point. Um. Uh- there are replacements for concussion. We saw in the 2019 Ashes, Ashes series, England versus Australia, Lords, Joffre Archer hit Steve Smith in the head and uh, he has a concussion. He goes out and um, Marnus Labashan comes in as his replacement. And he so, plays like bats and everything. Yeah, he bats and everything. He scores a 50. Um, and so that was the first time we saw like an, a substitution sort of replacement in, in cricket. Um, but yeah, I, I think it could be explored. Uh, but it's just you, one of you those need things. to just exp- like analyze the extent of the injury. Otherwise, you know, people can be like, "Oh, my hamstring is gone." Exactly. That's a call that the umpires and match referee makes, right? Um, like if it's a visible injury, like if the man's bleeding out, can't see from one eye, or is pulled his ACL. I mean, that's you know, I'm just saying because I've noticed the ICC, the the International Cricket Board, is so slow on making rapid changes that uh, the game just you know, isn't growing as fast. Like, um, it took them so long to really understand that T20 is the way to p- export the sport into the parts of the world that probably will not are not, you know, um, privy to it. You you see a team like the Netherlands who 
you know, beat a world-class test team nation in South Africa. That was a formidable team. Zimbabwe beat Pakistan. That was a formidable team. Ireland beat England. Ireland beat England. Sikandar Raza was nominated as one of the players of the tournament. Like, that's not a small feat. Now, you have to realize this happens because T20 is such an unpredictable format. It's the way that the game is played. Literally, anybody on their day can beat anyone. Um, which we saw in this tournament. It was great to see, you know. I, Afghanistan almost beat India as well. Like, that was, it was one of those things. Bangladesh beat India, almost. Almost, sorry. Bangladesh almost beat India. It was one of those things where I'm like, I'm kind of rooting for the little guy here. Um, and T20 is one of those places where you actually have faith that the little guy might win, you know. Yeah, it's difficult in 50 overs. Test matches don't even talk to me, talk to me about it because it's a whole, um, this different way that game is played. But if you want the sport to actually get you know, introduced to the new era, you need to make rules like this, where an injury that is as formidable as the one that Shaheen got is not, you know, it doesn't cost you the game. Because let's say if if a rule like that is in place, Shaheen goes out, Hasnain comes in, Hasnain finishes off his over. Hasnain, I don't think, goes for 15, 16. Maybe he goes for 7, 8, 10. He's still got 5 on the board, right? Um, and you know that there's another over coming that Hasnain can pull. It's a different situation altogether i think the icc definitely needs to look into some of those rules that's one rule they should look into uh getting bowls on a free hit and not running <laughs> is definitely one of those rules that i will petition for myself um that's just all right downright stupid those are the things that kind of you know provide hindrances for people who maybe friction for people to come in and like understand what's actually going on um all of the major sports have substitutions uh football um you know European football is one of those one of the most grueling games. Ninety minutes of straight straight sprinting. Um, you you need to get someone in and out there. They, what this game we play for five freaking days, man. Like that's even more grueling. You know. So just on the same vein of, of what you're saying, um, I know we're going to kind of going off topic, but maybe in the future I want to see captains retiring batsmen. Like if someone's struggling, like if someone's like twenty off thirty, I want the captain to be like, "Hey, boy, retire." Retired hurt, come out. I'm gonna send her a replacement. Yeah, that would be, cool. be interesting. People do and that why not? in the practice matches, don't they? Yeah, they do. That's a yes, practice match correct. situation. Yeah, uh, and I think you know why not? Why shouldn't we use the same tactic in in the T20 match? I feel like that's a bit more radical than what I said. <laughs> it's for the betterment of the team. It's for the betterment of the team for sure. And then what? The pl- player never comes back in, or just, yeah, or, okay, never comes back in. That's a wicket. Or maybe they come towards the end. Like at the very end, I think that's the rule with the retired hurt. If you're a retired hurt, you have, to come, you back have to come back in the end, last wicket or something. It's something of that sort. But yeah, I think it would be a cool concept. Definitely, like you could try that out with one of the leagues and stuff like that, and see how that plays out. There's like there's a lot of room for this game to improve. Um, yeah. Uh, but coming back to the final, like finishing thoughts on that, and I want to talk about where where does the Pakistani cricket team go from here? Um, Lord, <laughs> Lord, yeah, for sure. Um, I think overall the final was exciting uh, for sure. It, at least it wasn't lackluster. There was not a moment in that final second innings at least where you were like, I, I'm for sure, I for sure know that England's going to win. England was on the back foot for a good chunk of that 20 overs. I want to say about six or seven overs. England was like, I don't even know if we're going to win this. Um, that was, which was great to see. Again, I was discouraged, not, I was not discouraged, but disappointed. Um, 
I think this team is solid. 10 out of 10. These lads are amazing. I'd rather lose with these guys than Malik in the team any single day, right? I don't want to see that guy ever again near the green uniform. He's done for. He looks great on A Sports, though, by the way. You know, him uh, and uh, Vicky Bhai and, and Vaz and Mizbah, they have a good they have a good camaraderie, good chemistry. I love when he dances. I love when he gets emotional. He's a good talker, uh, good analyst, you know, a bit toxic. You know, one of the... What, uh, but I... I this is I'm a, not a Malik supporter, but he was captain of uh, Seattle Stallions for a very long time, and they have a record of winning the most T uh, Twenty tournaments of all time of history. They have nine. They have nine, they have nine trophies. Seattle Stallions. Okay, but in, and that's a bit unfair because Seattle Stallions was Pakistan B. Yeah, Imran Azir. We had Muhammad Amir Asif. Um, What's Raza Hassan was there? Yasser Arafat, I think, was That's there. That's Pakistan B in 2000. Shoaib Malik was there. Like, come on. Haris Suhail was there. Yeah, so you can't. It's a good team. Yeah, that's Solid a great team, team right? Yeah. And it's one, like, and Karachi had, like, its team divided into two zebras and dolphins. Yeah, it's so, like, like LA Clippers and Lakers. <laughs> yeah, LA Clippers and Lakers, basically. <laughs> I'm dead. Um, so but you, yeah, I mean, yeah back to the final. Back to the final. Yeah, the final was just like. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd rather lose with these boys than win with the other ones. Uh, they had their time, 2007 final, uh, 2007 World Cup, actually. I'm sure Malik was captain. I can't forget that. Uh, you know, uh, props to him, for sure, uh, cementing himself in history. Um, uh, this, I don't think this taints Barbara's legacy at all. I think him going into two finals, one semifinal, right off the bat, it's it's pretty solid. Like I I gotta give him props to that. Um, the way he carried his team through towards the semifinal, uh, his fifty was great to watch. It was just a great knock altogether between him and his one. Um, definitely some changes are in order. Um, I don't know if if um if this will be a conversation to be had. Uh, but definitely some changes are in order. Uh, I don't see the same eleven playing. Uh, the next World Cup for sure. Uh, it's gonna be uh, a different set of guys. There's definitely some positives. Mahmoud Harris, great positive. Uh, Nasim Shah, obviously uh, one of the stars, future stars of your, of your, of the team. Just gotta work on these dudes, man. You gotta you gotta give them the match practice. You gotta give them the confidence. You can't take uh, Mahmoud Harris away from this game. Like he's he's in it for good now. Um, just because he played a bad knock in the final does not mean not everybody can win Zimam. We have to understand that. Um, and I, I really believe if, if you put in the time, you actually uh, work with this dude. This guy could be a really good number three, number four batsman, comes in the middle overs, knocks it off a bit, gets a good quick 25, 30 off 15 and 20. You know, gives you a good uh, pump in the middle. So the future is looking bright. Pakistan cricket team is like, you know, one of those teams that can never be written off. It's a great, great all around uh, tournament, man. I had fun. Uh, I just wanted to say, like, from England's point of view, uh, 2015 World Cup ODI, uh, they got knocked out by Bangladesh in the group stage. And um, the England team, the management, uh, the board went back to the to the whiteboard and they decided the way forward for the team is going to be playing attacking cricket, attacking mindset, um, regardless of whatever the situation of the game is. And they saw immediate results. Owen Morgan took over as captain and he led this team brilliantly 2016 they played the final one bad ben stokes over and they couldn't get over the line uh 2019 they won 2021 got unlucky 2022 this this tournament uh joss butler carrying on owen morgan's legacy playing with the same mindset the same intent and showing the world that this is how t20 cricket is supposed to be played 
doesn't matter how many wickets are down. doesn't matter what the required run rate is. You just got to play your game. You just got to attack and dominate. If, if you're bowling, you need to take wickets. And if you're batting, you got to look to have the intent to score boundaries. Um, and I feel like England is the most deserving team to win this World Cup. 100%. And because of these reasons, I'm not that sad that Pakistan lost. Uh, the most deserving team won. Pakistan, on the other hand, I feel like they need to go back and really think about what the way forward is. And I'm talking more about not the captaincy, not the playing 11, but the approach and the intent that we want to play with. Um, I I don't know what the future looks like for Barbara as a captain. Yes, you, I think, really? I think you did say that, yeah, he led us to many finals and semifinals, but just not being able to cross the line. I, I still have my doubts over Bob as a captain. I'm not sure if the board wants to give him more opportunities to for him to learn. Uh, because it, they, it seems like it is he's learning on the job. No, but like, if, who is the board? I mean, Raja is the board? Yes. He's not taking him off. I don't think that's happening. Um, I'm being genuinely honest. That's not happening. Until he like goes like has a horrible 3-0 loss against England in the, t- the test series and he goes like two innings losses. You know what I'm talking about? No, like, but from T20s in general. No, I don't think that's happening. Okay, sure. No, yeah, like, I, like, you never know. I, I know. I'm telling you, that's not happening. Um, I think um, Bobber, how old is he? 28, 29? I don't think, I see him as the captain until the next World Cup. Next T20 World Cup, 2024. I don't see anything changing before that. Um, people hate this all the time when we do this, but they, you have to compare him to Virat Kohli and Virat Kohli did not give up his captaincy until it was absolutely imperative that he does, right? You know, 152 for zero against Pakistan. That's when you, you get a kick, when you get kicked off from the first round of the World Cup in Dubai. It was just supposed to be your home turf. That's when you, okay, fine. That was embarrassing. But him being asked to get, give the captaincy away at, in a losing in a final like that, that's, unheard of that's not happening um not to say like who would who would be a good captain after him that's a whole different debate like we don't even know shadav's no name keeps getting thrown in no i think he's a he's a better player than he'll be a captain uh who else rizwan's name is getting being thrown in i don't i don't think so man sean who can speak english sean Masood can speak english Bring him on the come podcast. on the podcast <laughs> all right that's what he should do he should be on here on vaguely familiar big backward point but no, I don't think um, I don't think the captaincy is going away from Bobber. What I think needs to happen is um, the board has to double down and back this guy up. This is guy is a generational talent. Uh, you could see throughout the whole tournament, he his the criticism got to him. It was quite evident. One ninety two runs in the span of this World Cup is not Bobber Azam. He scored three hundred and three runs in the last World Cup, right? And he he didn't even play a final, so. There's definitely some mental blockage there. Uh, he needs to be, uh, you know, get him, give him CBT, man. You know, give him a couple of weeks off. Give him a Maldives trip, PCB on on the PCB deck. Give him some relaxation time. Get him married off. I'm I'm into that. I'm into getting him married off. Uh, getting some piece of, <laughs> getting is, some piece of mind. somewhere. I don't know. This get, I just what I'm trying to say is like this guy just looked very very stressed out. You know, he's a very cool dude. Uh, his his press conferences. I can give, I can give his entire press conference right now because he says the same thing back Definitely. over and over again. And yeah, and he's like greatly media trained, media savvy. Every now and then you'll see a crack. And I think he's a great front for the Pakistan cricket team. He's a great uh, ambassador for the team. Uh, he's an all round uh, player. He's, he's the best player. He's a world class player, and I think everybody. This is a very young team. 
Yeah. They all look up to Bauber. Half, I think nine of these players played the World Cup for the first time. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the other reason why this team is so exciting in the future is is, is looking so bright is because the, the, this whole side, and especially our bowling attack, is so young. Nassim is 19, Wasim is 21, Shine is 21, Haris Rov is 28, Shailab is 24. So just watch out for what these guys do in the next five to 10 years. Yeah. Um, Hasnain on the bench is 22. So lots to look forward to. And I think I want to compare this loss to maybe India's loss in the 2003 World Cup final against Australia. Ooh. They got hammered. Deep it cut. took them eight years to groom those same players. Sevak, Sachin, Harbhajan, Doni. Zaheer Khan. Dhoni wasn't there, but yeah. And they came back after eight years on home turf and they won the World Cup. They crossed the line. So have faith in these guys. We're getting closer and closer by every tournament. And I think come at the next World Cup, ODI World Cup, the next T20 World Cup, these guys will be ready. They'll be ready to fire. And I'm hoping Bauber will have improved tactically and by, by decision-making and, and making a custom team to the conditions that, that, that are required. Um, you think they're already eyeing the next World Cup in 2023, the 50 over one? Absolutely. And I think Pakistan will be great contenders. We have a solid opening pair. Bauber, Azam, Rizwan. We have world-class players. We have Shaheen if he's fit, Nassim, Haris Rauf, Shalab, Nawaz, Iftikhar. It's going to be an, an interesting World Cup, and I, I really want to see how Pakistan does there. Um, if Pakistan goes. That's a different podcast altogether. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, finishing thoughts. What are we, Man, we've been here for 15 minutes. Finishing thoughts. Um, anything else you want to discuss before we head off? I just think, I just want to give you props because uh, I think we were quite active during the World Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, full-time jobs here trying to, you know, do the podcast on the side. It's currently like, what is it 1 a.m in the night here and we're trying to shoot this podcast so it just it just like wanted to give you a shout out give the people who are watching a shout out people dming us uh messaging us talking up talking to us about it like you know if we're late to an episode if we're not doing a review um they really like want to hear what we have to say and i uh, just wanted to thank everyone for the support that we had the community that we created online uh people watch our reels our tiktoks you know they engage with us they talk to us dm us all of that stuff we really appreciate it man Shout out. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, shout out to everyone. And uh, hopefully we're going to have some uh, big news about this podcast really soon as well. Um, uh, this podcast is becoming bigger than our our podcast in general. And uh, that just means that it has a few few different ways to go uh, for this in the future. And I'm, I'm very excited for uh, whatever is to come. Um, I think for the next while, I think it's going to be a little bit of a hiatus here. We're definitely going to come back with the England-Pakistan preview uh, of the test tour, review of the test matches as well every now and then. Uh, but uh, until then, there's going to be a lot of things in the works, which I'm very excited for. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Fingers crossed. Let's see what the future holds. Yeah. Uh, well, that's Nazar Sayed here uh, signing off with uh, my brother, Bashar. Uh, thank you for watching the Backward Point edition of the Vaguely Familiar podcast. Um, if you like what you saw, please leave a review, a like, um, comment, uh, rate it on Spotify, Apple Sp- Podcast. It really helps push push us uh, up into the algorithms and uh, we'll see you soon again with more cricket content cheers cheers take care